This might look like a normal job, but it's not. When hackers infiltrate networks and steal or destroy proprietary data, we're all at risk. Becca used to be a mid-level programmer until she earned a master's degree in cybersecurity online at Grand Canyon University. Now she's setting sophisticated honeypots to lure and catch hackers. What do you think protecting your company looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hi, it's Tony Bruschi from The Grave Talks. Coming up in several weeks, we're going to be playing an awesome interview I just did with the grandson of Ed and Lorraine Warren, Christopher Edward McKinnell. In it, we talk about everything from Amityville to The Conjuring to Annabelle to what it was like. Personal stories growing up as the grandson of one of the most famous paranormal investigative teams in history. It's a really intimate look at that life um, with that amazing family. You can, of course, wait to hear it when it comes out in June, or I can send it to you right now in its entirety, part one and part two. But here's what I need from you so I can send you that email with that download link to that full hour long episode. We are looking for more listeners to our program. People finding out that we even exist is sometimes uh, of quite a feat. Um, Apple Podcasts is where a majority of downloads to podcasts occur. You may may or may not be aware of that, but that is where a lot of people find the show to begin with. So what I need from you is a review. Basically, go to Apple Podcasts and leave the Grave Talks a review and then send me a screenshot. Let me know that you left that review. Send it to Tony at Real Ghost Stories Online dot com. And when you do that, I will reply back with a private link to that episode of the program months before it is released. You'll get the full thing, not just part one. You'll get part one and part two as a thank you. This is a limited offer. It's only going to stand till about the end of May of 2019. If you want in on getting this episode way in advance, uh, just do that review. I think you're going to love this episode and your help in in this uh, process of letting folks know that we exist uh, is tremendously helpful. You see, when you leave that review, it helps other people know that we exist who are interested in the same topic. So it really does good for the whole community out there who are searching for shows like this, who are brand new to the world of podcasting. So please leave that review go to Apple podcasts. That's where this is really going to count. Uh, even if you are not an uh, Apple member or you don't use Apple podcasts, you can create an account and leave a review. Do that. Send me the screenshot. I will get you the episode. So take a minute, two minutes to get it done and boom, you're going to get this episode part one and part two in its entirety, full hour long interview for free as a thank you for that gesture of support. My email again, Tony at real ghost stories online.com. That's where you send the proof. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the support. Now on with today's episode. Today on real ghost stories online. Why are the neighborhood dogs growling and barking at the abandoned apartment? Who is the bloodied man standing behind the police officer that only one person can see? And why is there a spirit of an old man lurking around a house after a woman discovers she's pregnant? Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Online. That it is. 
855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you so choose, if you enjoy the program and you want to get our bonus EPP episodes, you can hear previews of them on our Thursday editions of the show. Uh, sign up over at ghostpodcast.com or through patreon.com slash Stories. Get yourself uh, access to all 240-some bonus episodes, advanced episodes of this show, uh, weeks before they go public, uh, e-copy of the book, and more, ghostpodcast.com. It's five bucks a month. That's what supports the show and keeps it on the air. So if you listen on a regular basis, you know, it's like less than the cost of a, a cup of coffee. Me and Carol were making all sorts of bizarre analogies the other day as far as five dollars that's what we were taught to do in radio when we were doing like radio a thons mm-hmm. it was always like just think of it it's like less than the cup the cost of a cup of coffee and i said well it's like the cost of like 40 fantas okay <laughs> like five bucks you can get a lot of fantas for 40 bucks uh-huh. so i was i was just making like bizarro analogies yeah. of like like that's 400 pieces of penny candy you know <laughs> it's like i don't even get penny candy anymore but um but uh, five bucks. I mean, that's it really it is like it is a cup of coffee these days, you mm-hmm. know, if you go out somewhere. So uh, there you go. Check it out. Uh, at ghostpodcast.com. Uh, Tony and Jenny Brisky joining you. once again. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing lovely. I'm I'm just scrolling through our, our Facebook page. I like to ask uh, strange questions mm-hmm. of people. Um, like, have you ever spent the night at a haunted hotel? Um I have all sorts of them. I just kind of throw them out there throughout the week. And I love reading the answers. So and if, if you if you follow our Facebook page, you'll you'll see that real ghost stories online. Um, and uh, a lot of folks kind of get it's a it's like the old school message board. You know, you start interacting. Yeah. And everybody starts trying to kill each other with insult. No, nobody does that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh it's just it's interesting just to hear people's perspectives. If you want to participate in that, of course, you can find us on Facebook. We have a group page as well, Real Ghost Stories Online Group. Um, that makes it even easier for you guys to share stuff. And we have a lot of listeners in other countries that share a lot of really creepy, weird videos <laughs> from uh, I don't know where they're at, uh-huh. but it's always like, is that real? Um, but it's creepy enough to kind of go, eh, maybe it is. And that's why I stay off Facebook. There's one gentleman who works security, not in another country, but in the U.S. Um, and he's been posting some of the security footage of where he works. And, oh, my, it's like, it's weird shit. Yeah. Um, and it's him. It, it, I know it's him. It's not like it's, he's not catfishing with uh, ghost <laughs> videos. Um, it's him. But uh, it, it's interesting stuff. If you want to be part of the group, um, just uh, send us a request and I'll, I'll, I'll let you in. Um, there you go. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's uh, go over to our first story on the program today. It says, hi, I called in a few months back and shared my stories, but after hearing them aired, I realized I'd been super nervous and made it sound like my dog likes to bark at nothing. So I wanted to clear up with another weird experience that I had recently in my previous story i told you about hearing my name screamed into my ear one night and how that's happened before though not as clear as that one time after we got our australian shepherd we've had her for about two years now it stopped while bailey will bark at the stranger who comes too close to our home or while we're on a walk she tends not to cry otherwise there have been some times though that she has cried and when i look over at her she's staring intently into a corner and won't look at my won't look my way when I call her name. 
On to my news story. I'm up around 5 a.m. during the week for work and take Bailey for a walk before leaving. I live in an apartment complex and take back patios of the apartment, or the back patios of the apartment all face into a courtyard like to, I like that I like to walk her through. It was about 5.30 and still pitch black outside. All the apartments were dark. Bailey has her nose to the ground, and I had just glanced down to make sure she wasn't getting into anything she shouldn't be. When her head snapped up and whipped to the left, she immediately started to growl and then bark. I turned to look at what was alarming her and saw that one of the apartments that was dark before had a light on. There was a black figure standing in the doorway to the patio. At first... I thought that maybe the person was an early riser like me and stepped out for a smoke or something, but as I looked, the figure didn't move. I glanced down at Bailey to tell her to hush so as not to wake everyone, and when I glanced back up at the apartment, it was pitch black again. I'd only looked away for a second. <laughs> Freaked out, I hurried back to our apartment. I was telling my boyfriend about what happened that night, after which he told me, after I told him his apartment it had been in, he looked at me a little bemused and said that the unit had been empty for a couple of weeks now. I'm always a little weary now when I take Bailey for walks and tend to stay out of the courtyard while the sun is down. Thanks for reading the story. Love the show. I can guess why the apartment is empty. There's something why? there. <laughs> There's something there. And uh, I, I think you have to kind of go with animals. They know... They know when things are good or bad before we know if they're good or bad. Couldn't have just been like someone showing the apartment to someone who really enjoyed dressing in character, like those full-bodied suits that are just like a solid color for Halloween, but that's just kind of their thing, and we can't judge them because that's what they like to do, and that's what they they were doing. <laughs> you and I've talked. There should be more judging. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. You know, there's, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always baffled sometimes when I'm at a hotel and it's like, oh, there's a convention down there. And it's adults that are all dressed in characters. It's like, what? Huh? Uh, but okay. Um, but maybe, um, you know, they're just what they like to wear. Really? They just like to What's present, that called? present themselves as a shadow person? Identify as a shadow person? Is that what you're saying? Their choice. We don't judge. (laughs) I judge people that want to be shadow people. You judge people who want to be shadow people? Yeah, I will judge people that want to be shadow people. What if they just feel more comfortable as a shadow person? Then they should stay in the shadows. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) How long till that's going to be a thing? Where like, um, you know, I I get it like when there's um, uh, cosplays, what that's called, when people go to a convention and they're, they're... doing their characters things i'm describing it horribly because i'm not into it so i apologize but when you're at your convention i get it that's what you're doing everybody's together um but is it uh do, do people do that like out into the open uh other than at the conventions or or other than when they're hanging out together is there something like this where you meet the realtor and you're cosplaying as a shadow person i'm sure there's people that do that you remember in our last city, there was that guy that would dance on the corner dressed up as uh, something from Star Wars. Do you remember that? And he was not <laughs> advertising a business. He was just doing it. He just, he had like a, um, he had like a, a, a stick yeah. and everything. And it was kind of like Morgan from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Where he would be like doing his stick moves, just like 
on the sidewalk and it was concerning. <laughs> it's like, is he going to kill somebody or is he just showing off his bad moves? It was something that I didn't want my kids to be around for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. What would you do if you were the realtor in that case and, and you showed up and the person is wearing that full bodied suit? It's like, yeah, I'm here. Okay, show me the apartment. I think I'd suddenly be <laughs> ill because I think I'd fear for my safety. I wouldn't want to be alone with that person. So judgmental. I wouldn't. <laughs> I I w- what? If, what? Okay. What if they weren't in the full body suit? What if they were just wearing like one of those giant like, uh, uh, like character heads that normally was only acceptable to wear if you were a mascot for a team, but now it's like, ah, it's my choice. If I pull up and I see somebody standing at the door waiting on me and they're wearing a character head, I'm going to drive on by. Big bunny ears. Not doing that. Big nose and everything. No. Like they stole it from the Easter you bunny at the to, mall. You have to be safe. And <laughs> if you don't know who these people are and they're already in costume, that's not safe. It's time to run. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I remember when I was uh, a kid, uh, the uh, I had some friends and we were at the mall and somebody thought it would be funny. It was not me, uh, but I remember somebody thought it would be funny if they stole one of the reindeer heads from the Santa display. <laughs> and they were they were just like kind of like surrounding this kind of makeshift Santa display in the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody like I didn't even know what was going on until we were like gone. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like laughing because I guess I was I was doing something else when they were doing this. And I'm like, what's what's so funny? And they were just laughing. Then we get to somebody's house. They open the trunk. It's a reindeer head. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody grabbed it. They booked it out of the mall, threw it in the trunk and then went away. I remember like being and of course, there's security cameras. It was just dumb. Whoever Mm -hmm. did it. But um, I'm like, it was like a group of probably like 10 people. And I only knew like two of the people in this group. But I remember getting questioned about that in high school, like the principal, you know, because they <laughs> they determined well, there's like one high school in town, so you know. Sure. And then uh, they recognized some people from like the group or the area where these people were. Like, what do you know about the reindeer? I'm like, I don't know anything about the reindeer. I don't even know who that was, but I know somebody took it, but I don't know why or who or. But yeah. it wasn't big enough to put on your head and wear it. It wasn't like they just ran up to Santa or the Easter Bunny or and took the head off the bunny. Well, since you brought up cosplay and you brought up Christmas. You are going to tell me right now that you are are really, you've been wanting to do more cosplay. No. Um, I will tell you here in Branson, professional Santas are a thing. And some of these Santas go to the extreme of they are Santa all year. And where I'm going with this is last time I took Harp to see a movie at our theater, an off season, like couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. santa was in not santa suit but he was still dressed as as santa wearing red and everything and harp's like there's santa i was like yep he's here to see a movie and we kept going and of course they even have their vehicles decked out like he had a big red truck and it has like reindeer on the side like Uh white reindeer he is santa year round and he lives here and so what do you think of that? I think it's just waiting for Chris Hansen to come knock on the door. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think there's there are some genuine nice people who just, they like, it's, it's going to sound, they like kids, but not in that way. They, they just, like grandfatherly. They like bringing joy to children. Yes, that's <laughs> what I mean. It sounds a lot better than they like kids. Right. Uh, I mean, that, it's sad that that has 
reach the connotation it has. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they like bringing joy to children, not the way R. Kelly does. Mm-hmm. Um, That's nice. So it's yeah. I mean, I think there's there's a genuine you know thing about that. I guess it, I mean it, it, I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I've learned to get used to it because he's not the only one that does it. There's a couple of them that are like year-round Santas that are here. And it's just like, how do you explain that to the kids? And I just say, hey, he vacations here when he's not at the North Pole because, you know, she still believes. Sure. But it's it's kind of like, really? Can you just not be normal one day? See, I explain. It's like when I find Elf on the Shelf, you know, during Mm -hmm. the middle of the year and Harper sees it and is like, oh my God, Elf on the Shelf is here. I'm like, oh yeah, he's just visiting. He's... He's taking a nap in the kitchen cupboard. He heard like maybe you should keep a little eye on you. Why? You know, and you know, <laughs> just kind of kind of roll with it. But I mean, that's a doll. I mean, it is a little different when it's a human being. So did like the kids go up to them? Oh yeah, kids go up. I you know, I encouraged Harp to not. I said Santa's gonna go see a movie. Let's let him go see a movie. And of course, the big Santa truck. And of course, the license plate is something like S Claus or Santa One or something. You know, uh-huh. personalized. It's just like he is. He is in deep on that. <laughs> I mean, and it just kind of cracks me up because it's like, I don't think I could be somebody year round. He's like rolling that. in the deep. Well, and it wasn't one of the Santas that, that we typically take the girls to see. So I don't know where he's from. I would love it if there's an episode of Catfish where the person said that they were like a 24 year old bodybuilder. And then it turns out like the 19 year old is communicating. It turns out to be like a 70 year old Santa in Branson. <laughs> you enjoy that show too much. <laughs> be hilarious. You enjoy that you show. show way up too and much. it's like the middle of July and there's like candy land. It looks like candy land in his yard and there's all sorts of candy canes lit up and okay, we're going in. And then it's like, holy shit. It's like, are you, what's a good 24 year old name? Male or female? Male. I don't know. I don't know. I can only think of like 90s names. Are you Zach? Yeah, I was going to say Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Saved by the Bell, and that's like way too many decades. No, I'm Clifford. That's my... But everything else is true. Everything else I've told you is completely true. (laughs) I lost the seven reindeer last week in the backyard. It's like, why didn't you realize a reindeer? Weren't there a giveaway that this wasn't a 24-year-old guy? It was... Okay. I do love that show too much. It's uh, it's become a little addiction. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next story says, hello, my name's Amber. I've always loved mysterious things. I grew up uh, in California. Uh, yes, uh, in Corona, California. And yes, I like beer. Uh, I was about five or six living at my grandmother's house. Her house was three houses from the main street. It was a one-story home with two rooms on the street side. It was late October, about 10.30 p.m. I remember hearing a knock at the door. The knock was not the part that freaked me out. It was no one. I remember running to my room and looking out the window, and there was absolutely no one at the door. But yet I told my mother and grandma someone knocked. They laughed and told me to go back to bed, so I did with my kitty in hand. Sometime later, I was taken by a knock at the door. This time it was at my window. I screamed. My mother and grandmother came in and asked what happened before I could say a word. My cat started looking at the window, which is exactly where I saw a hand. 
I was so freaked out, my mom made me go to a different room to calm down. As my grandmother called the cops, I told them I heard the knocking again with all of us in one room with the cops on the phone. The cops showed up to my grandmother's house. We opened the door for them. I was standing behind my mother looking from behind her as my grandmother was talking to the cops. And then I saw this man, this bloodied man, standing behind the cops. I screamed and said, look behind you. No one saw him. It's just me. He asked for help. He said he was hurt and cold and needed someone to help him. I told him what I was hearing and what I was saying. The cops did not believe. But who would? They were thinking I was crazy. I said he was driving down the hill and that he rolled his blue car and he needs help. He's cold and he's hurt. The cop then said something on the radio and left. My mom said, what was that all about? I told him I wasn't sure. The next morning we got a knock on the door and everybody heard it. Everyone was on edge. My mother opens the door and it was the same cop. He got down to my level and told me, thank you for telling the truth. Not, under, not understanding, I said, what? And he told me up the road on a dirt hill, a blue car was going down and it rolled. The car was very hard to see from the roadway. He said the guy would not have been found because not a lot of people drive that road. That day, my mother took my feelings to heart. There was another time when I was 16 after moving to Washington, my boyfriend's now husband's mother was getting ready to go shopping and she had an amazing green shirt on and I felt bad saying that she should change the outfit. I told her how the green shirt would be cut off after being hit by a blue truck. She would need to be taken to the hospital. She looked at me very strangely and just left. I don't know why I felt the need to tell her that. Next thing I know, she took off. We left. We got to where the truck hit us. I screamed. And the accident took place exactly as I had foretold. It's a fun ability. No, I wouldn't want that. <laughs> that's so the urge to scream at people. <laughs> that's a lot of, a, a lot of, you know, premonition is, I think that's a gift that I wouldn't want. Um, mm -hmm. And then being able to see people, even though that guy was not quite dead yet, he was about to be, I, that's, that's more than a premonition because she's seeing a spirit of somebody who almost hasn't died yet. So that's a couple of different things. So I would, I would think she's, you know, I would put her in the highly sensitive medium kind of category. She hit the paranormal jackpot. Yeah. I would take the word of that, that woman if she said to me, uh, don't wear that shirt. It's going to get cut off in the accident. Later. I wouldn't leave home. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, I'll be here today. I know. Yeah. I wouldn't leave home. Oh, does it then turn into like a final destination thing where it's like, oh, that should have been your time. Now you're going to really get killed in some sort of bizarre shit because the universe is out for you. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting story. Thanks for sharing that one. 855-853-4802, our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next story says, I've always been open to the idea of ghosts and spirits, but when I saw one, I was in disbelief. But the more I think about it, I have no idea how to explain what I saw was anything but a ghost. I recently moved in with my boyfriend and he was working out of town for a few days and I'd been there before and my own a few times already. The house 
had always made strange noises, but I just figured it was an old house. It was just settling. I was halfway through my pregnancy at the time, and I was sound asleep. I jumped up in a cold sweat, not knowing why. When I did, a thin old man was standing at the front of my bed, clear as can be. His hair was a little messy, kind of like bedhead, completely white as well, and scruffy with a white mustache. He was tall, almost standing on his tippy toes, wearing long gray uh, long johns and had one arm stretched up high to the roof, almost as if he was trembling. It reminded me of someone with Parkinson's, but he didn't seem scary. No, I was terrified. My bed at the time was only a mattress on the floor, so he seemed to be very, very tall to me. He was waving at my stomach with his arms. They were stretched up high in the air, and when he realized I had woken up, he looked almost as startled as me. He jerked his hands back, clutching them together at his chest, still trembling, and then kept barely pointing at my stomach, on and off, and nodding his head. When I jumped up in my bed against the wall in panic, he was gone. I don't know how to explain it. I told myself it was a dream, but I was awake. I know I was. I called my boyfriend over. And was trying to wake him up about it, but he never really would answer. I did not go back to sleep that night, afraid of what would happen. The doors were all locked. Nobody was in that home but me. It made no sense to me, but I know what I saw. Thinking back, I don't think it was some sort of evil spirit. Maybe he was just curious as to why I was there at all. Maybe he was just curious about my belly that I was pregnant. I'm not sure. I don't think I'll ever know except for the fact that he was there and I saw him. I told my boyfriend in the morning and he kind of believed me but still kind of brushed it off. After that, I never saw him again but the noises still occurred through the house as if someone was walking through that house. When I had my son, I kept him close for a long time in the same room as me. When he got a few months old, I decided to try moving him into his room at night. Most of the time, I'd have to go back to get him and bring him into my room because he'd wake up crying, but I'd never forgotten one of the nights when I was going to bed and could hear my son stirring. I could hear him on the monitor, but nothing really alarming. It was late, and he was fussing a little and cooing, but then I heard it. A quiet but noticeable shh. My boyfriend was already sleeping, so I ran as fast as I could and burst into the door. Nobody was there. But my son was wide awake looking around the room. After that, I didn't let him sleep in there for a very long time. Again, nothing felt threatening, but it was still disturbing to me. We ended up moving around a year later. I've had nothing happen since. I guess maybe he was just interested in the baby. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I think if you liked babies when you're alive, you probably like babies when you're dead. It's just now scary because <laughs> you're dead now you're just a creepy old man showing up at people's houses looking at pregnant ladies yeah yeah i don't know i like babies that's gross can i point at your belly don't ever say belly again <laughs> that's just weird <laughs> is it the southern accent that i no, put on it it's the creepy accent <laughs> it's southern creepy no, just don't do it don't okay i don't like that at all I'll make my voicemail sound like that. Ah. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. 
Next letter says, hi, I live in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and I moved here as a teenager because I did not grow up here. I don't know a ton of history about the area or what used to be where, like, uh, most people around here do. I know. I know where a lot of things were. Especially the shopping center. The shopping center that was abandoned, and there was a big old prangy way sign that I wanted to get out of there, and then it got torn down. Darn. That's my weird collection of retail shit. Your grocery store fascination stuff. I don't know what that is. No, I don't know. It's kind of unhealthy and weird. Uh, (laughs) Although there's like web pages dedicated to this stuff now, so I'm not alone. There should be a convention for that shit. You go to the grocery store convention. (laughs) People people interested in retail history, retail historians. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I view it as. Like okay. People love walking through abandoned malls and stuff. That's me. You like to make it sound normal. I liked it before it was like a thing, before there was YouTube videos dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Okay. It's kind of weird. Anyway, I was working at a nursing home for several years that is located on the south side of town. I would always hear stories here and there from coworkers about strange happenings, but I figured if a place were going to be haunted, a nursing home would make sense. People die there very often. I was pregnant with my son. I switched to the night shift. One night I was walking down the hall and heard a familiar voice of one of the residents saying my name. Frustrated because it was 2 a.m. and I wasn't sure why she was out of bed wandering the hall. I turned around to say, yes, Frida, only to discover no one was there. Then I quickly remembered she'd passed away a few days before. There were so many stories there that involved little children. Residents complaining that children kept them up at night or would run around their rooms. These were all stories at one point that I had only heard about until one day a resident complained to me that the kids kept them up all night and were crawling on the ceiling. This freaked me out, especially when I was working alone at night. The resident complained of this very often. After she passed away, a new lady moved into her room. One morning I was in her room to give her her medications when she said, I know you're going to say this that this is all my mess or that I'm crazy, but kids were crawling on the ceiling and making noise all night long. I'm going to try doing that in my Titanic woman voice. You ready? I know you're going to say it's my mess or that I'm crazy, but kids were crawling on the ceiling and making noises all night long. That is fucked up. Don't do that again either. <laughs> Gotta stop laughing. It's been 85 Stops. years. Stops. I can still smell the fresh paint. China had never been used. Stop. <laughs> they called it the ship of dreams. It wasn't really was. Two different people with the same experience in the same room. As time went on, I learned the history of the place. I've been a nursing home uh, or a home for the aged for many years. When they say aged, is it aged or aged? What's the correct way of enunciating? I think it's just aged. Aged, okay. (laughs) But before that, it was an orphanage. When I worked at night especially, I always felt like I was being watched. Weird things were always happening, but I tried not to let it scare me. I figured they were just lost souls. There you go. That's the end of that story. Okay. Well, I think that it definitely not just a coincidence that these two people would have hallucinated that. I don't think they hallucinated. I think they saw kids on their ceiling. Don't do the old lady voice. I'm not. You're about to. I'm not. I've got something completely different when I'm thinking about 
Oh, what a feeling when there's children on the ceiling. See? Totally different thing. Yeah. <laughs> totally different. This episode's jam-packed with a lot of... Fucked up shit. <laughs> um, it is... The only thing I could think of, like, why would there be children on the ceiling? Like, what is that? And two know. people singing at the same time. Usually when something's crawling on the ceiling, I don't think of good. I think of bad. I think bad. I think like, uh, you know, like the spider crawl lady uh -huh. in the movie or Lionel Richie. It's. No, I think that that there's something going on there. Yeah. What if you were like a child of one of these people who are in the, the nursing home? Um, and like, what if you died at a young age and they were like a really horrible parent, they were just abusive and everything, but you died and maybe it had something to do with them, but it was a long time ago and nothing was investigated. And now this, these, this person's in this nursing home, would you come back and scare the shit out of them in <laughs> revenge? Like, fuck this. I'm going to crawl on the ceiling now. Like you did bad <laughs> shit to me. Look what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I, I don't know why my mind went there, but I'm like, I wonder if that's an interesting angle on this. I don't know. It probably has to do with some bad energy from an orphanage that used to be there at the nursing that's home. That's probably more likely. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next one says, I used to babysit a lot when I was in high school in our small town, which is considered a hamlet. There is a huge house in the center of it. Some lady bought it, used it for a bed and breakfast for about 10 years, and her family lived there. Her husband was sick and passed away. A couple of years after this death, she told or she sold the house. Then a military uh, bought the house. I noticed a family outside one day, and since it's such a small town, I thought I would introduce myself to them. They had three small children, three beautiful little boys who I've become, uh, become to love and care for very much. At any rate, I told them that if they ever needed a babysitter, I'd be more than happy to babysit for them. They didn't know anyone in the town, and for a while, I didn't get a call for babysitting. But the wife, who wasn't too off from my age, wanted to hang out. So we hung out for a while, became good friends. Children got to know me. She and I were talking, and we had a weird feeling. She told me that the house creeped her out, and she thought it was haunted. It was an old house, and who knows what could have happened in there. Well, her oldest son, who was only five at the time, came into the living room where we were sitting, and he said, Mommy, Ashley, do you hear those screams? Mommy, help that man. Amanda was scared, and she asked her son, What man are you talking about? And he said, The man at the bottom of the stairs. Mommy, help, he's on fire. We need to get him some water. We were freaked out and didn't know what to do. We went to the bottom of the stairs and didn't see a man, of course. We ignored it. The very next day, we were outside relaxing in the yard, and our oldest came to us again and said, Mommy, I'm going to go inside and play with the good brothers. We thought he was talking about his two younger brothers, and she said, Okay. He went inside. We looked up and the other two boys are playing in the sandbox. So I went into the house and saw the oldest playing in the toy room, talking loudly and laughing. I asked him who he was talking to and he said, the good brothers. I ran out to Amanda and told her that she needed to come into the house. We got freaked out, so we started researching the house. We looked at the old barn and there were tons of papers and information on the house. There was a fire in the hall at the bottom of the stairs. A man died in flames. We got scared, so we went to the stairs, pulled back the carpet that was on the floor, and there was a burnt spot. I never had that many chills run through my body. And the good brother thing seemed just 
like it could have been his imagination. We didn't think anything of it, but one day, we went up to the loft at the top of the house, three floors in the house after the attic. There's a little loft with windows where you can look out to the town. Went out there to look around one night, and there were tons of writing on the walls where people had signed the walls, wrote quotes and things, even writings from way back in the 1890s. We were signing it ourselves, and I looked up, and above my head I saw, Long live the good brothers. There's no way that Jet wrote that. He was only five and three and a half feet tall. We got freaked out, and we ran downstairs. Also in that house, there was a hallway that they didn't use because it had two extra bedrooms that they didn't need, so they shut it off. On that hallway, there's this washer and dryer. I was washing some blankets for her. Got creeped out when I walked into the hall. There's one bedroom that is dark and creepy. I went in it before it, and it still felt very weird. Usually ran past it if I had to go to the laundry room. I found out about the woman who owned it before. Her husband died in that room. That of a tobacco-caused lung cancer. And to add to that, five days after, I found out that he had died in that room. Jet said, said that he heard Uncle Charlie coughing upstairs. And it was bothering him. We asked who Uncle Charlie was, and he said the man that sleeps in the room next to the washer. We got freaked out because that woman's husband was also, of course, named Charles. Jet wouldn't know that either. We were scared. They moved shortly thereafter. I hope he outgrows that. Yeah, I don't think it'd be really a gift to constantly see dead people. No. No, I hope he outgrows that. But it makes some great stories that he can uh, share for the rest of his life. Or he'll forget them. I, I don't think I could stay in a house if I know somebody burned to death there. It's just different if they died a horrific death versus they just passed away in their sleep. Even if it's an accident, not like a murder, but just like a... But still, it's horrific. What yeah. about spontaneous combustion? That would still be horrific. So yeah, that I'd have a problem be, with that. It would be kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard about that in a long time. I know. Is that still a thing? People still spontaneously <laughs> combust like they did in the 80s? Know. I don't know. I think... <laughs> It was more uh, talked about because we were kids and it sounded really scary that you could just catch on fire at any moment. I think it was like an Unsolved Mysteries a couple times where it's like, why did this house burn down? And they just like they find like the body in the bed just burned mm-hmm. and then like it caught like they're like no reason why this person caught on fire. Yeah. Although like smoking was like a rampant problem mm-hmm. of the day. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Good question. Um, anyway, that's going to wrap up the program for today. If you like the show, become an EPP extra podcast person. Sign up on the website, ghostpodcast.com, or go to patreon.com slash ghostpodcast and sign up there. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Behind every company, there's a time-tested engine keeping it moving. After earning his master's in accounting degree online from Grand Canyon University, Isaac's helping drive his client's business forward by identifying efficiencies and building business models. He's become a core team member, keeping clients on budget and ensuring their success. What do you think accounting careers look like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.